0: Hey folks, this is Billy from Dankless Wargaming. Hey, this is Heath with Table War Hawaii. And welcome to the Path to Redemption, the the Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Angels podcast, where we provide Dark Angels players with the tactical and hobby advice and skills that they need in order to compete and enjoy this wonderful hobby of ours. Today, this is our May episode. We're going to be looking at a few new merchandise releases that have come out, as well as a pre-order that should catch a few of our attentions because we've been waiting for it for several months. Uh, we're going to take a look at a few pole position finishes for some meta lists in the meta watch section. Then for our main feature today, we're going to talk about the books that we read for our monthly challenge from last month. So we're going to look a little bit into the lore, and then we'll have our new monthly challenge, a little fan interaction, and then we will be done. Ready to go, Heath? Let's do it. Alright, so uh, if you listened to Long War this last week, Kenny Boucher, the guy behind Next Level Painting, mentioned that he finally did a Dark Angels design. You know, by popular demand, he finally did it. So if you go to Next Level Painting and you go look up the Unforgiven Angels uh, chapter, the Unforgiven chapter, we've got T-shirts for $25, hoodies for 35 bigger size T-shirts for 30 a phone case, a bag, stickers, they got everything. So if you want a... Yeah, just all that swag. Yeah, so if you want some Dark... Just usual, usual variety of swag. Yep, so if you want some... Not a, some unofficial forty k swag that's dark because kind of it's just it's cool. It's like a cloaked, um, really in shadow. It's primarily green, but it's mostly you know with a lot of black. It's it's a really neat design, cipher like in a way. So if you're big into cipher, I'd suggest that. The other sort of f- swag is some official swag. Uh, I don't know how many of these you're gonna sell because it's kind of out of my price range. So I don't know how much it's in everybody else's price range, but then again, it's Warhammer. But for a hundred fifteen dollars, you can get the official um black leather imperium jacket with the huge aquila on the back did mm, you see that i
1: don't know about that I, I did. i did i did um so i don't know uh the the aquila like the huge aquila like it's probably going to i mean it's cool but it's like i could i don't know like walking around with the huge the huge like imperial eagle it may it may yeah i don't know it may list some questions that you might not be willing to answer. Some people could assume some things about it. Oh, it looks yeah. a little. It look, yeah, I don't know. So, but if you want to like frame it or something like a bomber jacket, uh, I don't know. But it could be a cool piece of art. I don't know if you're ever going to get away with actually wearing it. But. And the sad
0: thing is, is the color on the chaos one is so much cooler. Like I saw the chaos one, and I was like. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I thought, I oh, wait, I can't purchase that because ever because everyone's like, well, isn't that a Dark Angel's jacket anyway? And it's like, Yeah. If it wasn't for us, there be any other, there wouldn't, be any other, wouldn't be any other legions but <laughs> it wasn't for us because we're the first ones. <laughs> so, yeah. So enough of that. Yep. Uh, and then finally, in new releases, they announced because uh, what is it today? It's the sixteenth of May. So this morning for me, around, noo- or around noon, actually, they dropped the pre-orders for on Warhammer Community. F- for next weekend, so the 21st, and you can finally pre-order those Heavy Intercessors.
1: Mm. So if you- Heavy Intercessors. They said, they said like, what was it, like, two months ago yeah. that when Pry and Nexus came out, the Heavy Intercessors were going to be coming, quote, in a couple of weeks? Yep. I mean... And then they had that yeah, huge, okay, huge okay, pushback sure.
0: because they couldn't get anything through. They're like, yeah, yeah. no releases, period. And... <laughs> <clears throat> um, and yeah. it might be a little over. It's going to be a little bit overshadowed by the fact that well, the, the Necron half that box is coming out as well. Plus, you have the Adeptus Mechanicus book dropping. Plus, a bunch of the well, no, actually, a, there's like some additional stuff for the Soul Blight uh, Grave Lords coming out too. So it's it's a
1: massive pack weekend. And yeah, a, book, a, a bunch of the there. a bunch of the new Age of Sigmar stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh and then I think actually there's some made to order stuff from that Curse City box like the bad guys you can get a made to order.
1: So I I don't I don't follow that too closely. Um so if you say so, that's good. Uh, a lot of the Curse City stuff, I mean it looks really cool. I just yeah, I, the a bunch of the Age of Sigmar small box games uh never really just never really got into it. So I'm holding on my hopes for Battlefleet Gothic. Oh, yeah. That's where, that's where my fandom is. Yeah. <laughs> so. that would be pretty cool to play all right so yeah. that's the
0: new releases to look forward to uh so moving into meta watch i i pinged an article from goonhammer but i didn't really get a chance to read it uh, but it was just sort of good and they do a lot of stats so if you want like some like hard stats on competitive play like people playing certain armies against certain armies mirror matches not mirror matches as well as they do a lot of like secondary work like which secondaries got picked based on some of the apps so you can go take a look at that real quick if you if um, if you're at home. That's their their May 2021 40k meta review. So I, I really like Goonhammer um, for those kinds of things. Uh, and, but looking at lists, all right, May 24th there were a couple of tournaments the in that weekend, and there were some placing Dark Angels lists that weekend. There were two third place. One was Kyle McCord. Uh, at the Wooden Spoon GT, and he was actually running an, an Imperial Soup list that includes some Dark Angels. So, if I, let's see, let me click on this here, take a look at it. Because, let's see, it had Admech guys, it had Astra Militarum guys, and then it had Lazarus, some Blade Guard veterans,
1: and a Redemptor. Two Redemptors. And a Lance Peter Lazarus Pansin. is an interesting choice. Lazarus is an interesting choice. And I think we talked about this a few months ago. Says like you know Lazarus, when you just look at him in a Dark Angels list, like what he does as like a you know the the fifth company captain, it's not that impressive. But I I think we said that hey, if we get into an environment where you're where there's a much larger um, mortal wound output threat, which the which the Dark Eldar can do, Lazarus starts to look more attractive because he gives you that just blanket bubble of five up, feel no pain against mortal wounds. So that combined with your, uh, with your blade guard veterans and he is still a captain and he's not bad at close combat. So just finish some more. That's interesting. That's interesting choice. Yeah. That's interesting choice. Yep.
0: I liked, I liked that one. So he went four and one got third place. Uh, then you have Dylan Grant at the Olympus games, GT. He also got third place uh also with a four and one score and let's see what he had. He was running he had the outrider detachment with the apothecary, captain on bike, uh the attack bike squad with the multi meltas, bike squad with two melta guns in it, and the combi melta.
1: Yikes. <laughs> oh man. Lots and lots of lots of, of meltas lots of (laughs) melts. wait does he have two outriders he has two outrider
0: detachments that is really cool oh but the second one is not oh no never mind it's a vanguard i'm it was the break in the pages is funny so it was a vanguard and then he has big e interrogator chaplain oh he and it's the slaplin. Because he's got the Chainsword, Teeth of Terra, Paragon of the Chapter, the Jump Pack. So he's it's that Chaplain. And then... Yep, that little guy. Then a big Terminator, Deathwing Terminator squad with the Storm Shields, Hammers, and Lightning Claws. And then a smaller squad with Storm Bolters and Power Fists. And But there's a guy in there with Lightning Claws. Is it, I just think Lightning Claws, they just add so much flexibility to your Terminator squad because I found when you run... Guys with just the Power Fists or the Thunderhammer and Storm Shield, they get swarmed by anything. Boys, you know, big blob of witches, gaunts. Then all of a sudden they're just like useless. Yeah, there's,
1: they're super, it's super efficient because, you know, you're hitting on threes and then, you know, you can, uh, if they charge you, all of a sudden you're hitting on twos because you're a Dark Angel. And if you got a Captain nearby, you're rerolling the ones. And then those Lightning Claws, each, remember, each individual Lightning Claw Gives you plus one attack yeah. so a pair of lightning claws is plus two attacks so a a terminator with a pair of lightning claws you charge him he gets five attacks that's going to hit on twos because he didn't move and reroll wounds and it is a it's a real real tough proposition for for a lot of people to hand to look to look at so the yeah um so that that's a, a fairly like you know kind of what we've seen the dark angels kind of coalesce into is this you know, these big, really hard to kill bricks of Deathwing Terminators yeah. and a lot of mobility from the Raveling. But as we talked about last month, the Dark Eldar, which are the new hotness in the scene, are yeah. ideally suited to kill, you know, Space Marines, especially Terminators, because they just overwhelm you with attacks. So we're going to have to, and, and we're going to have to, you know, see how the meta is shifting. Because once again, right now, everyone is kitted up to deal with terminators and and space marines especially dark angel ones and that type of loadout does not do you a lot of good when you're looking at you know ravening hordes of witches so uh, i i think that you know once everyone kind of you know figures out what that's going on you know then we should see the dark eldar win rate start to come down a little bit i mean i hope <laughs> um because right now it's not there's they got a lot going for them uh, it's not super balanced. So, But as we start to kind of figure out what the, what the tactics and the techniques are and everyone starts teching for techin for Dracari instead of, you know, the Space Marines, then maybe things will start to balance out a little bit more.
0: Well, and, and to sort of illustrate that point, right, the Dallas Open also happened that weekend. And that was really hyped as an event because it was the biggest event since COVID in the United States where there were several hundred people playing. Yeah. And the top five of that tournament were all Drakari players of some nature. Although I think Sean Naden was running Aldari suit because Sean Naden. Uh, but
1: because Sean Naden,
0: yeah. But that's you know that was it. And then you don't find a Dark Angels player until you go back to 29th place. And when I looked, I don't remember seeing anybody else in like the top fifty. Uh, and this guy was going went five and three. His name was Sam Smith. Uh, I believe you have.
1: Yeah, that I got list. his. Yeah, I got his list right here. So he ran uh, two detachments. So first attachment is an Outrider. The HQ is a Talon Master with the Rights of War and Arbiter's Gaze, yep. which we've all seen that one. That's a real good combination. Three squads of three attack bikes with multi-melters mm-hmm. uh, and then a bike squad. Uh, the sergeant has a combi plaz and two of the bikers have special weapons that are plasma guns. So it's three bikes, three bikes, all with plasma uh, and then another bike squad. Uh, the sergeant has a storm bolter and two bikers have chain swords and then another bike squad storm bolter on the sergeant and the two bikers have chain swords. Okay. Uh, then so that's his first outrider detachment. So lots of bikes, lots of obsec bikes, uh, plasma, and then those two chain sword bike squads are for kind of close combat, just melee skirmishing. We all know what those multi melty attack bike <laughs> yeah. squads do. So the, the vanguard detachment is the second detachment. So... This one is interesting because so he has a captain on a bike, which is a Ravenwing guy, but it's a captain, so he's can also be given the Inner Circle keyword, uh, and he has the, he has teeth of Terra. So it's okay, yeah. Not the not like the slaplin, but yeah, the the you know, that's still a pretty good you know pretty good close combat punch that can move things around and get that real ones aura into a lot of places. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> two two company veterans. So just one squad of two company veterans, that's 40 points. Uh, They both have chainswords, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of just your objective sitters. Uh, A Deathwing Command Squad with a Watcher in the Dark, so two Deathwing Terminators. uh, The one of them has a Thunderhammer and a Storm Shield, and the Sergeant has a Storm Bolter and a Power Sword. So that's two Deathwing Terminators to sit on an objective. And then a Deathwing Terminator Squad, again with a Watcher in the Dark. So you've got two Thunderhammer Storm Shields, uh, and then the rest are Power Fist Storm Bolters. And then you've got a Ravenwing apothecary with a black knight bike. And he's the chief apothecary selfless healer. We all know what that does. So and then here's the interesting part. The last unit is an inceptor squad. Ooh. So five inceptors. Oh yes. So this actually this actually breaks the Deathwing Vanguard detachment. So he doesn't get obsec on those Deathwing Terminators. Mm. That's that's a problem. but I guess that's okay. That's fine. Mm. So it's an interesting choice because one, you're basically you know, you can still form the de- the the Vanguard attachment that way, but you're the only thing you're giving up is because you don't have all of the units with either the inner circle or the deathwing keyword, uh, because the Inceptor squad doesn't have either of those, you're giving up the obsec that you would get on the Terminators. But, you know, the command squad doesn't actually get right. the obsec, it's just the actual that one five man squad Deathwing terminators. So not a huge deal. I, this is just a, a, a lean choice. So he's trying to you know, he wants that, you know, that big brick hammer of overcharged yeah. plasma with weapons of the dark age and you put it in here and you're good to go right so all this stuff is going to kind of sit in the backfield or be a big brick and you put in the middle of the board that is going to be hard to shift and that five man scepter squad that you keep in reserve that can drop in and do plasma and in, in plasma places that you need plasma uh, i'm i really like this unit i've used it myself a lot over the last couple editions um, especially because he's got a captain on a bike, and that captain on the bike has the Ravenwing keyword, so you can full throttle that guy to get his aura anywhere you need it to be. And so if you can drop these Inceptors in within range of that guy's aura, so they're gonna be real and on ones to hit, and then you can overcharge their plasma. And that is ten D3 plasma shots. Oh which, yeah. uh, each one of those D3s has blast. So It'll clear hordes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will clear. You know, if you and you, if you split it up right, you could do a pretty good number on clearing some vehicles. So, a bunch of those. Uh, I haven't I haven't sat down and run the math. Now that I'm thinking about it, on how many Drakari raiders I could blow up with one of these things, okay. but I'd probably say if you point one, one, one of them at each one, um, you're probably not going to kill it. So you might. You, you could probably kill two, maybe three, if you're lucky. If you overcharge and uh, and go weapons of the Dark Age, so each one of those plasma hits does three damage. And you and you want to make I, sure that you have that captain mm. over there too,
0: because mathematically, at some point you're going to have to. Especially yeah. if you roll max shots, you're going to mathematically roll a one. So you need to have your captain over there to help. Oh you yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, team for team. sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and so like, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that squad. You can once again two CP to you know kick their damage output up by another thirty percent, which is fantastic. You can also, if you really want to get it done, you can spend 2 CP to make uh, them count as standing still when they drop in. So that way they get plus 1 to hit. So now they're hitting on 2s, rerolling 1s, you know, with strength 8, AP 4 Plasma. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's going to be, yeah. And if you can drop them in next to that master as well, they're also going to be rerolling the 1s on that. So um, I could see... Yeah, I could see some I could see some stuff there if you can get that that captain on a bike. Depends on how your how your first turn's gonna go and what you think you need to do. Or I mean you could honestly again, depending on the train, depending on the deployment, um there is an argument for deploying these things on the board because they do have a pretty decent threat range. Yeah, they move. Really so fast. they can move I think I think like ten, 10 yeah. inches for Inceptors. They move 10. ten inch ten inch move um plus your plus your eighteen inch range on those plasma those plasma guns. So yeah.
0: Um. And they're, and they're interesting uh, list. Assault, I write s- so that when they come in, they're going to be they assault. Get the extra yeah. AP and God forbid they get charged. True. You can yes. stay in tactical and shoot them in close yeah. combat.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they because they don't have the deathwing keyword, they they will benefit from your uh, from your. Oh, it's not grim resolve. What is the the, the, of is the name of your second? death Sons Sons fire. Oh, it's yeah. The fire. The fire discipline. Yeah, of yeah, the, the lion. is fire discipline. discipline. The you can shoot video. them in combat. Yeah, so um, interesting squad. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do with Scepters. You could spend CP to make them, you know, take an action and shoot. Uh, once again, this this is gonna be a very CP intensive army yeah. <laughs> uh, because <clears throat> lots of. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm thinking about it, like, so I'm looking at this list. Okay, so I've got multi melts. You know, he doesn't have a chapter master. He doesn't have Sam. He doesn't have Azrael. So. If you want to reroll hits against something the only way he can do that is that telemaster is a land speeder you can spend two cp for his target the tar- targeting guidance so that lands, you know triggering off a Ravenwing land speeder the entire army regardless of core will be able to reroll hits against something that's within 18 inches right. that, the target that you designate so that can be important um i don't know once again two cp is steep but if there's a big alpha unit like i don't know Someone brings a Stompa or something. um, or or one of those yeah. Or Imperial Knights for something someone actually plays or an an Imperial Knight. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if I don't know if this is gonna you know work into an Imperial Knight. um, because I think you're gonna need more than more than eighteen multi shots to kill an Imperial Knight. But uh, It's it's also interesting that he chose to do plasma on one of the attack one of the bike squads. And not more Melta um or flamers. When I whenever I run this that type of squad, I usually run three flamers in it. Oh yeah, Just because it I think having a crowd control a crowd control, you know, methodology that auto hits is pretty is good. But I don't know. So it's an interesting list. Uh I can see why Drakari would be an issue for it though, because they're going to be able to overwhelm the Deathwing and they're going to outspeed you know, outspeed and be able to isolate all the Ravenwing units. Yeah. Um Yeah. I will point anyway, out, interesting list. I will point out that all three of these guys
0: they had like 90 point games um, in their games, and however their lowest their their losses for the most part they're in that 50s to 60 range, although uh, Sam and his he had two 80 point losses, so he must have had two really really close games so he was really close to yeah 80, yeah an 84 70.
1: and an 80. Yeah, his last game was a was a fifty five, and I would like I'd like to interested to see who that last uh, that last matchup was against that he only scored fifty five points. But
0: yeah, and then one of the games he won, I could he probably figure out how to look at that. In one game he but, lost, he scored eighty four. So like he actually won games with less points yeah. than what he lost by. So that tells me that that game those losses were really close.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, and then finally, all right. So
0: yeah, um. But finally, some good news. Like hey, some good news. May eighth. Red River GT, we have an unbeaten 5-0 and Dark Angels list that had three perfect games in terms of points. 300-point games. Perfect games. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That's spicy. That's he spicy. Got bet- like, his closest game, he scored 68. That was his first game he won. And then he went 100, 100, 100, and then 93. Like, he just got better.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's and good. And so this list, that's really what's...
0: What we got in this one, um, and this is Thomas Oops. Ogden. He's rocking the outrider vanguard detachment. So that just seems to be the thing. Everybody's got an outrider and then a vanguard. There's no green wing to be seen. No no intercessors anywhere. So he's got the talon master with arbiter's gaze, the chaplain or primaris chaplain on bike, master of sanctity, the apothecary. Mm-hmm. Then he has the full. Oh, let's see here. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, nine attack bikes with multi meltas, and then he has a bike squad with an attack bike with a multi melta in it, and then two land speeder vengeances. So he he figured out he he remembered that like you can put an attack bike in the bike squad. So he's sneaking in extra ones.
1: Yep, <laughs> I like that. I've I've I'm I'm a fan of that. It was also because it gives you um it gives you a, a bit more ablative wounds for the bikes. Yep. 'Cause you know, you that, those they have four wounds each and then if you're apothecaries are anything like, Hey boop, hey, what's up? I got a I got an attack bike back. <laughs> so Yep. And then uh then in
0: the Vanguard he's got Azrael and then Ezekiel. And then he's running three command squads of Deathwing where one has lightning claws and one has a Thunder Hammer and Storm Shield. So instead so and this is the unit you know, that I haven't really run and I'm because I, I'm still in that 8th edition mentality like if you're going to run Terminators, you, you try and run the big blobs. But it looks like that is not the way. Because some of these other guys, they were running these command squads. He went all command squads. So, And I think this is part of the, um, the, the piece trading that I keep hearing a lot of people on podcasts and things talk about. That you want to have pieces that you can go, alright, you can kill this 80-point squad of Terminators... But this 80 squad point of Terminators is going to kill more than 80 points of you, because you have that lightning claw yeah, guy. Yeah, they're going to trade up. Attacks. Yeah. Then there's a guy with a thunder hammer, so that squad could kill a tank. That squad could kill other heavy infantry. That squad can kill light infantry. It can kill just about anything at once, and it's only 80 points. It deep strikes. It sits on an objective. Uh, and, but they're still Deathwing Terminators, so you just can't ignore them. You just can't go over there with something small and like plink it because it's not going to die, right? You just can't go. Here's my last guns from my one squad of infantry. They're gonna go over there and shoot them. It's like, yeah, well, I'm in cover and I have a storm shield. So I have a one-up save against your. I don't care how many.
1: It'd be a zero-up save. Zero-up save.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. So it's... yeah, even even your even your minus one bolters, I'm still getting a two-up save on. Even your minus two, whatever's, yeah. you know, your, your, yeah. Um, so I, so the, the concept of trade, you know, did it get its points back? Uh, I think is a bit of a trap. Um, it is definitely appropriate in a lot of places to, you know, for a unit to not get its points back in because points aren't the only resource you have to consider. Right. You know, once the game is in play, you know, you can trade points for battle for, for battlefield position or objectives. You know, I will absolutely you know sacrifice a unit and not get its points back if that means I score my primary that turn and you don't. So um, you can so but these three80 point guys I see them because once again they're very small it's two yeah. it's two guys um, and they don't have their command squads so they don't have obsec but they're gonna they're I think that they're gonna sit on your objectives um, or maybe even you put two of them on another on one objective. And it's enough that you can't really just throw some some trash fire right. at them because they're they're deathwing terminators. Um, you're gonna have to, and it's gonna take a you know a concerted effort to shift that. So because that's you know six wounds with a zero up armor save and a four up invul save that has permanent transhuman. So once again, a couple squads of witches will take care of it for you, but. It's going to be something you have to think about. So, well, and I'd also
0: point out that there are no transports for any of the characters in these guys' character screen. Because they're bodyguards.
1: Yeah, they, and they, they, they do the super the super lookout, sir. Yeah. So, Interesting that this guy has those land speed or vengeances. You know, that was the thing that you and I had kind of said, well, maybe the 2d3 plasma shots isn't quite reliable enough. But he's got two of them. So what do you think the objective, the, the idea behind that is? If you like it, run
0: two. By, if it's unreliable, have yeah, redundancy. One, run the second one, and it'll clean up whatever the first one doesn't kill. And I mean, it's fast. It's got more toughness, more wounds. Uh, the speeder, it's it's faster. You can do the stratagem off of them because they're a land speeder. Uh, you can yeah, that yeah provides yeah. the plasma in the list that otherwise only has plasma on Israel. So we're the one guy we're, we're looking at Sam's list, and he had the Inceptors, because it's like, well, you just your dark animals, you just can't not have plasma. And so Thomas's uh, yep. answer was, "Well, I'll just put it on the back of a land speeder and zip it around. Plus, it has heavy bolter." Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. What What secondaries do you think this list takes?
0: Oh, it probably takes. Um, well, like like engage in all fronts, you could probably see it taking that pretty easily, or it's maybe one of those. Um, you know, like maybe if. It depends. Or uh, I think
1: I. I think line, yeah, breaker line breaker could be a good one for this list, list. with the, the, all the bikes. Yeah.
0: Um I could see it if you have these. Yeah. If you have these smaller Terminator squads at Deep Strike that have the small. Um, you know they don't take up all that space. They have the small footprints. That's what I was looking for. Then you just drop them in a corner somewhere and go. All right, repair a teleport Homer for me. Mm. And then it's like if you it's yeah like if you want to go stop me, you have to go kill two ter- Deathwing Terminators. One of them has a storm shield, so it's that thing of like, do you yeah. really want to? You know, I'm either going to get four points or you're going to have to waste some resources killing two guys that you would rather go kill something else, such as these land speeder Vengeances or the 60 million multi-melta shots that are coming at you every game or every turn.
1: Yeah, and that Arbiter's Gaze Talon Master. Oh, yeah. um, See, I, could, I could see I could see Death on a Wind. Death on the Wind being a thing oh, that this, this list oh, takes. Yeah.
0: Oh, hands down, takes it every um, game almost just about <laughs> every single game.
1: Yeah, it depends on what you're yeah, it depends on you know, if you are if you're playing obsex or like MSU style yeah. stuff. Uh Death on the Wind is uh is interest, would be a good list uh, one for this take. Yeah, I have kinda gone away from engage on all fronts. Um I guess it just depends on the on the on the me, pardon me, on the board. Um it really it really spits you out. It really does. Yeah. It does. It does. And I, I like if I get a Dawn of War style deployment, like what we used to call Dawn of War back oh, in the yeah. you know, the, the standard, like, you know, long edge, to long edge, I think Linebreaker is actually kind of a better choice. So, but that's just me. Um, all anyway, right. Anything else to say about this list? I think it's, I think it's good. It's a, it's very similar to the last one we talked about, except instead of those smaller bike squads, he's got these land speeders. Which I would be really curious to to ask him what he what he uses those for, other than just the obvious strategy or the um, stratagem playoffs. Yeah. So, hmm, interesting. All right. Well. Oh, uh, another th- another th- another thing to observe here, just real All quick. Right. So uh, he's got Asriel as the warlord in his vanguard detachment. So this thing uh, starts up. He only basically lose. He's only down one CP yep. from his. From his objective, his, uh, his detachment buys. Yep. Vice the vice the three of the would be. So that's a good choice. Um, and oh. Ezekiel with what did he what did he put on Ezekiel? Mind worm engulfing fear and mind wipe. Yeah. So engulfing fear to blow obsec, Mind wipe to Make you fight last. Yeah. I was just, it's just uh, to see then, how he plays. One this of stuff. those is
0: the turns off the auras, isn't it? Between mind worm or mind. Uh, worm. Yeah, I think
1: that's mind worm. Mind okay. worm. Yeah.
0: Well, and the other thing I'm noticing too here, because um, I do this all the time, is there aren't there isn't that third warlord trait because he's got the he's got the one on, as, and then he's got the one on the apothecary, but he didn't try and push one onto the lieutenant or the chaplain, and then he has two relics because he has the reliquary the repentant and then the arbiter's gaze, because that's something that I always end up doing. I end up like pushing, um, the for that third. Warlord trait, and it's interesting to see that he didn't. So that because I feel like I, I always feel like I don't have enough command points, and so I've just been kind of looking at what characters can I build where they're still strong, yeah. and I don't need to give them a warlord trait. And it looks like that chaplain does. This is it.
1: definitely is definitely an efficiency play, and I agree. Like you know, well, I tend to say, okay, well, how can I make this dude as killy as possible? And you end up with you know, hero the chapter, paragon of the chapter, yeah. layered on top of them, and it's like, you know what, like I'm. You know, I'm I'm 120 or 140 points and two CP deep into this guy. Maybe three if I put a relic on yeah. him. Do you really need it? And and that's that's what you get from just playing the army, playing the reps. Yeah. Is you know like how it fit, like how killy does this guy need to be? And that two one or two CP could make the difference someplace else later in the game. So.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, and that's sort of so, where, yeah. where I'm I'm having to find those inefficiencies in my playstyle as well because yeah, I don't trust myself with yeah with a guy that I put all that CP and resource and relics and warlord traits into, and it's like, and then I go him out, he does his thing, and then he dies, and I'm like, oh well, there weren't all my there were my toy.
1: I will discuss that. I will discuss that later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me. So. All right, shall we? Shall we move on? We, we we can. So we're gonna move the monthly challenge up
0: uh, a slot this month because we're going to kind of talk about the lore a little bit in our main segment. Uh, because our challenge for this month was to read a Dark Angel's book. Which uh, before the show, Heath and I were talking about having motivation. I was really I was earlier this week. I was like, you know what? I am. I just I don't like this book. I'm not gonna finish it. I'm just gonna let Heath win this month. And then uh, I, I got my second <laughs> COVID shot, and I was kind of down for the count for a few days. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to plow through it. And I, I, I'm not a quitter. The Lion would not accept quitting. The Emperor does not accept quitting. So I'm going to continue to read this book. And I'm glad I did because it, it actually picked up in the end. So I, I got my book read. That's good. Did you get your book read, Heath?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yes, I did.
0: So I read uh, The Purging of... Kaldilus, or uh, Caldolus. oh, let's see if I can get it, no glare there, right? And I didn't realize like there's, K- very, obviously an orc. Oh, well. there's ob- very obviously an orc on the front of this, but I didn't notice that when I bought, it. I just saw the dark or the dark angels guy. And it was like, okay. And then I opened the book and the main bad guys, Gazgul, And I'm like, Oh, this book's got orcs in it. These are the best to read. Cause I just love reading the fake Cockney accents. I think that's the best, one of the best things you can do in 40 K. <laughs> I know it really annoys some people, but Aww. it's like, no, nah, this is my favorite part of the, of the hobby, is listening to orcs uh, talk to each other. So I was really hyped about that. Um, it's the it's Gav Thorpe's book where in his timeline, and because we were talking about that last month, uh, it's it's what comes first, and you can tell that this is a fairly early story in a way in the timeline. Uh, it's it's post heresy, but it's it's early because Bial is the main overall commander, uh, or belly all or whatever the guy that ends up being Belial, Belial yeah. yeah. He's only the third company commander. He's not first company commander yet so he okay. so that tells you sort of where he is he hasn't quite earned that status yet uh and he ended up being a key character for me for actually liking the book because when i'm reading it at first there's it it was it was really bolter worship i felt at first like it was so much the the combat um the way he described combat and i'm trying to not be mean because i'm not a, a professional writer although I've tried to submit a few things for Black Library in the past for like their monthly their contests and things. Um, and I've never been in the military, but I've read a lot of science fiction military books written by ex-military people, and you can really tell the difference when you're reading a war book if the person who's writing the book actually served in the military or not. Like if you read Starship Troopers or you read a lot of David Drake and his Hammer Slammers books, uh, those guys were... Was Heimliner in the military? I don't remember. I think he was.
1: I, I don't remember either. Heinlein is one of my favorite authors, and I feel bad about not knowing that. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna go to the old the old Google machine yeah. here. But I know for a fact that David Drake was.
0: David Drake was a Vietnam um tank commander, which is why his books are all about sci fi tanks. Was it in just like reading Heimliner, um like you could tell that he was in the military. Like that's, what I'm, that's the point I'm trying to make. Is that like even though I wasn't sure, I'm, I can conf- I was like with some confidence to say yes he was because you could tell from the way they wrote the book. And it's just there's the 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 detail of terrain, like the way he desc- you, military authors describe battlefields is different. There's a lot more. I felt like there was uh, there's a lot more detail, and like in this book there's a lot of like they're up on a ridge the orcs attack up the ridge. And I'm like, okay, well, what does the ridge look like? Any, you know, an actual military person would have given me that. Like, oh, there's, you know, th- these kinds of rocks, this, you know, th- there'd be a lot more description of things um, in a tactical sense, and I just didn't feel that. And there was just a lot of, like, this orc's head gets exploded, this guy's chest gets ripped out. You know, there was it was that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Um... And so, like that's, I guess that's why I didn't want to finish it at first because I was kind of disappointed. I was like, "Oh, this is just sort of Bolter worship. It's not really a military history book." But then, what I, what caught my attention, what I really liked, um, is when they get into some of the, the inner play and inner politics of the chapter in the book, or, or in the story, where like there's a conversation between a hmm, chaplain okay. and a dark angel, where the dark angel's like, "I wanna, I wanna stay here and fight because." my you know my home world is nearby and if my this place falls then my home world falls and i you know and i don't want that and then the chaplain's like well that's good that will serve you and then like in the back of his mind the chaplain's like hmm this guy seems to like his home world more than the chapter this is a problem we will have to do <laughs> penance when we get back yeah uh and then like uh the the overall the company commander uh, he's having all of these sort of like second guessing because he makes a, a an estimation early in the book and turns out to be wrong, and so he's he's being kind of watchdog by this by a librarian that has the ear of Ezreal, and so he's like second guessing himself in some ways. He's like, man, I'm he's like I'm gonna get demoted back into the just a regular Deathwing Knight gu- kind of guy. Like I'm I'm gonna stop being a company commander because I messed up, and so hearing that conversation in his head, the sort of like. Quest self the self reflection that really helped um, because I just
1: the, that is that is good yeah you want to hear that you want to hear the characters be humanized yeah. as, as much as you can humanize you know a a, a transhuman death machine yeah. um, but it's hard it's hard to access characters and like you like you I guess you found out like make you care about them right unless they have some sort of humanity that you can latch onto and that's
0: at the beginning that that was kind of the problem but that's also because the main one of the main characters is a chaplain and so like chaplains. I mean they don't really have that much humanity. Yeah, they have no act. they
1: they have no emotion. <laughs> they're yeah, they're yeah, they're um they're they completely pure in the eyes of the Emperor. They're so. profe-
0: and they're Dark Angels ones, so they're interrogators, so they're like professional torturers. So like their sense of humanity is like completely oh, yeah. gone.
1: There's uh. there's not there. <laughs> they give absolutely zero F's now the,
0: uh, so. the one main character in here is um the scout veteran sergeant, uh Naaman or Naaman. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah. this is where you find yeah, out who he, like, is. He, he, who yeah. he is and, and why he's important. And I actually, I think I have one of those models like hidden somewhere in my collection from like back in the day.
1: I, I think I do as well. Yeah, he was a named character in the third edition codexes. Yeah, and I don't think he made it into the fourth edition one. Maybe I could be wrong. It's been it's been a minute. Um, but yeah, he's just like I think the Ultramarines like. The ultarine's lore grabbed him and put him in there oh, yeah, as, as Telamon uh, or Telion. Vet or Sergeant, yeah, Vet Sergeant Telamon, yeah, or and yeah, but yeah. So okay, so if you want to know Naaman, like, having... that,
0: like, if you have that and you're like, well, what? Why is this guy important? Like, this is the story that explains it, and also some of the naming conventions, like. When a sergeant or a dark angel dies, they just recycle the name. And that's part of the, like, the honor cycle and doing honor and, and serving the chapters. Like, you get given a name and they're like, yeah, like, the last three guys that had this name, this is what they did. We expect the same, if not better, from you. And so that was kind of neat, too, to get there. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's some interaction with, like, the guardsmen and stuff that they're fighting with. So you get to see that sort of, like, the, that bridge you were talking about. Like, how can you humanize, you know, these transhuman guys Cause like one of them just one of the space marines just starts going in. He's like, "Why would we give?" He's like, "The one round of my bolter ammunition co- takes more time to make than your entire las gun. Why would we give it to a coward like you?" And you're just like, "He's like, you get hmm. your las gun because you're bad. I get my bolter because I'm good. Deal with it." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, get him."
1: there is there is an interesting perspective to look at there from if if you look at the. The logistics of of you know warfare yeah. in the forty first millennium is like, yeah, like the amount of resources it would take to actually bring a chapter of Space Marines to battle, like every single one of their of their you know, rounds of ammunition is basically a rocket propelled grenade, yeah. right? Which is the equivalent would be hundreds of dollars. Um, and so yeah, so that that's why that's why you don't see space marines just going and do everything. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's expensive. You know, they you don't have the resources for it. It's it's tough to consider or imagine the the you know the Imperium of Man as a resource constrained um, machine, right. but but it is. It, it, um, it is, yeah. If you want to, if that's if that's your thing about like what like large scale warfare in for the forty first million look like, but and not just like oh hey here's titans and stuff on the battlefield, like what you actually. Ex- what you would actually consider as considering warfare in a larger scale, yeah. you know, like, you know, they say, you know, amateurs discuss tactics, uh, professionals discuss logistics, yeah. right? So go read forge world books, like some of the older forge world, you know, big ones from back when, uh, Alan Y was, was running the show. They read like military history textbooks. Uh, and like, like for the one that comes to mind is the siege of Rax. The siege of Rax is an excellent an excellent set of uh, set of compendiums, um, and they talk about like, okay, we give ourselves ten years. We can, you know, we have ten years to put down this rebellion. After that, you know, we we don't have the after the resources to spend on this conflict anymore. We so they budgeted ten years of attention from the Imperial Guard and X amount of attention from the Adeptus Astartes. So.
0: Yeah. And, and you get, and you get some of that cause there's like, they have to, they start running out of resources at one point. So they have to, they start detailing like how they had to take stuff out of the tanks and pass it out to everybody else. And so you get some of that sort of the mm-hmm. desperateness in it. Uh, that was also really nice. Um, but I guess overall, like, I went from at first being kind of disappointed and like, mm, I don't really like this, to at the end, I was like, alright, it was alright. It was a Dark Angels book. I got a, there, there are a couple good one liners. There are a couple things where you're like, ah, oh, yes, uh, this makes me happy because I, I also pro- I approve of this Dark Angels message and philosophy and whatnot. So there are a couple of nice little things in there, but that's like with any 40k book. You, you don't read them because, I feel, because like they're all like these, just like these fantastic, they're not Lord of the Rings. But when you read them, hmm. like there's a couple lines in every book that you're just like, yes, this this is what it means to be dark angels, and that's why I read this book was because I wanted to read this one sentence because that's the thing that made me feel it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you want you want that good one liner. Yeah. So the question I have so the question I have for you about this: How deeply or does it feature the fallen?
0: None at all. No, well um,
1: none. Interesting. They, well, Interesting. It,
0: it, there is, there are some references to them. I guess that's, I now that I actually think of it. There are some references. Um, cause the one guy's like where they're talking about the home world and the guy's like, well, if you start down, you know, if you let this little seed of doubt in, it starts you down the path. And then there's one point where somebody kind of says, Oh, you know, and then kind of gives, uh, the company commander, the eye, the eyes. And he's just like, Mm, yes, exactly. We don't want to go down the, the path of the fallen because it's the librarian and the company commander talking, so they, they're in the inner circle, and so they just kind of, you know, because there's other people around, so they just can't say it, so they just kind of look at each other like, you know what I'm can,
1: talking about. They can share the and, eyes. And yeah. That's
0: about all there is about the fallen no, that we, they talk about.
1: That's a good. So, one of the things that I actually find a little disagreeable about a lot of the Dark Angels fiction is. Is how heavily it all features the fallen. And I, and I know that's like the, it's like the core kind of mystery and the core struggle of the chapter. But I, I, I don't like it when it all comes back to that. It's like, oh, and there's a fallen behind them the whole time. Oh, it's like, God, can we, can we like, that's good. Like it's, I, sure, we need to talk about that. But can we do something that doesn't always come back to that? Um, I want to see them featured like, As the chapter, you know, doing what the chapter does, instead of just being this being all this one-dimensional obsessive hunt for the fallen, and I understand that, you know, the. You know, by saying those words, I've spoken heresy, and the chaplains are on their way to re-educate me. But,
0: hey, that's my opinion. uh, I'm sticking to it. Where the core to this book is, is that the orcs have invaded a world that is the staging world for them to go to a different world in the system to recruit from, like, a death world where everybody's, like, just, you know, they're jungle cavemen. And so there's... The, there's no place to, like, re. there's no Imperial, it's not an Imperial world where they can, like, go in and refuel their boats, so, like, this is the closest Imperial world where they can go and restock their boats, and then go to this other world to recruit from, and so the fact that the Orcs have attacked this resupply outpost, it's threatening an important uh, recruitment world, and that's why the Dark Angels are there. Yeah. And that's kind of, going back to the logistics okay. and the bigger picture, like, that, why does this battle matter? Well, we can't recruit these soldiers if this world falls, and that's that's yeah. Why it's important.
1: It den- it denies us access to this area of space, which is once again the the Imperium of Man is basically a extractive tributary empire, yeah. which is all about pulling resources out of various other places of space and pulling them either into the core of the Imperium or you know just to, to fund and, and continue to fuel their wars. So denying them the ability to gather resources is that's like the only like. You know, say the name of the Emperor with you know with with reverence in your mouth and render unto render unto the Imperium that which is the Imperiums. Um other than that, you do what you want to do, Ben.
0: Yep. That and that's where and and yep, that's that's basically it. So uh you were reading Luther, right?
1: Yeah, I read Luther. Um I didn't get a hard copy because I don't do that these days, but oh, there you go. Okay. So Uh, interesting book. This is, so it's got the Horus Heresy badge on it, but it is, it starts in the heresy clearly because it starts with, with, you know, Luther. Um, and it goes on until the modern 41st millennium. Oh. So this book is interesting because it's told from the perspective of Luther. Okay. Luther is, it alternates between, a like a third person kind of limited perspective uh, and a first person and a first person perspective that perspective being Luther's um, the, i really enjoyed this book i'll just start with that um, there wasn't a lot of there, there's there's not a lot of combat there's not a lot of as i said you know just blah 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 bolters yeah um, this really tells the story of what life was like on old caliban and it's not really like the discovery of the lion. They do have that, and like what, the, like how the lion integrated into the order on the on Caliban. Even though it does talk about that a little bit too. So, this book starts with the kind of the you know the the old order you know being organized around Luther, and as the uh, the heresy is drawing to a close and. The confrontation between Luther and the Lion that devastates the planet, and Luther getting captured and getting locked up in the Rock, and basically the stories told from the perspective of Luther telling stories in the form of parables to chapter masters of the Dark Angels oh, over the course of the millennia. That's really cool. <laughs> it is so. It's kind of like like the thing that came to my mind about it was have you ever read or heard of Aesop's Fables? Yeah. yeah. This is a book of Aesop's Fables, told from the perspective of Luther, you know, giving a parable with a meaning behind it to the other the chapter masters of the Dark Angels, who are the only ones that know he exists. Yeah. They come down into his cell in the rock, you know, like tell the watchers in the dark to spin down the stasis fields and be like, you know, like I will make you repent. Tell me where the what the fallen are doing. He's like, what do you mean the fallen? Like He's like, I don't know what's like, what's going on. Yeah. Like it, w- he's like five thousand years have passed, and I'm in this, and you know, tell us what, and, and then he tells this. You know, he's barely sane, right? But he tells a story of his life growing up as a child in the order on Caliban to this other to this chapter master, um, and it has some relevant meaning to the thing that they're asking him for, and almost inevitably because it's the it's 40k and grimdark. You know, he's telling it, and the the, ch- and the the master who's interrogating him says, "So you mean to tell me that this and this and what we need is to, you know, I'm to redouble my efforts to capture the falling." And he's like, "No, that's not what I said at all. <laughs> like you completely missed the point of my story. Yeah, that's not like." And then they, oh, he goes back into stasis, and then another thousand years pass. Um, and so you get three or four. I think four has um, been a few weeks. Since I read the book, uh, like these these parables that are told. You know, he's trying to tell them, you know, illustrate a point about what life is like and what it means to be a knight of the order, based on his experiences growing up as a knight in the order on Caliban, and you know how the and how the knight the you know the the knight houses interacted with each other, how they interacted with the great beasts of the forest, what the great beasts of the forest meant to them, um, and that how he was blooded, how he went out to do his. Uh, his, you know, oh God, I can't remember what they call it, but when he went out to do his, basically his penance, you know, to go kill a great beast and become a fully blooded knight of the order. And, uh, just, it's a really interesting book. Um, I don't want to like, and, and it kind of intersperses that, which is what I thought were the most interesting parts with, with, with some of the scenes from, you know, how he started to become corrupted based off his interaction with, uh, with. Uh, callous Typhon and Erebus in the heresy and how he and how Luther became you know interested in demonology okay and um and so it in and, and uh and you you get a you get a uh well what's it called when hm what's that literary device when uh when someone shows up that you didn't expect them to like Bill Murphy or Bill Murray in zombieland a cameo? Uh, a cameo. You get a cameo. <laughs> you get a you get a cameo from Corswain. So Corswain, you know, the, the first captain of the Dark Angels shows up. And while Luther has led his fleet out to basically try and put down a uprising on a planet several, you know, a couple like maybe a subsector away. Um well, he's been commanded very specifically by the Lion to stay on Caliban and oversee the training of the recruits. And so he, and there's a call for aid from the Imperium, and he goes to this place and he does this thing. And while they're there, uh, Typhus shows up in the Terminus Est with the, his fleet and asks him basically for his support in the in the uprising against the Emperor. And he, and said it's it's interesting yeah and while they're kind of negotiating because he's not sure what he wants to do because him so luther met with Erebus and typhus or typhoon at the time back in the early stages well before the beginning of the heresy when they had been corrupted you know and Erebus was start was spreading the heresy throughout the legions and they approached him and you know after he had been publicly rebuked by the lion and said hey you know i mean uh Here's this, you know. Here's some. Here's a book. Maybe you should read it. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. Um, and as he's as he's trying to kind of like not politically pick his way, <laughs> yeah. As he's trying to pick his way through the politics of, well, if I support them, then I'm going against myos and against the legion. But if I don't support them, they're gonna kill me. Yeah. So. I can figure out a way out of this because he is Luther. I mean, Luther is, yeah, he was overshadowed by the the Lion, but who wasn't overshadowed by the Lion? Right. You know, he was the best and brightest of his generation. Uh, And then as it's going down, you know, the the fleet of, like, Corswain's fleet shows up, and they see them with, like, 12 hours out, their warp sign. And so he has to figure out a way to, like, interact with Corswain and give him his resupply while not betraying Typhon and Erebus or Typhon. Uh, and it's really, it's really interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so I would, I would highly recommend this book. Uh, it's, uh, did Gav, I don't did want Gav to go over one? it more than that because say, Sagan.
0: again, Gav Thorpe, write that one too.
1: It is also a Gav Thorpe book. Okay. Yes. That,
0: that's so more it's, a real, it's a real, it's a real thinker.
1: Yeah. So, okay. It's a real thinker. It's a real okay, thinker. Dude. You need to, that's my kind of book. Yeah. Um, and I, I can imagine. You know, in a you, know, you could go through these little parables and kind of really pick out what he's trying to say and what the message that he's trying to convey to the dark ages. And you see another you know, kind of subtext. Of this is you see over the course of ten thousand years, as the chapter like goes through their initial re- reaction to the to the fall and the splitting of the chapter, and then you know a thousand years, two thousand years later. They're just super zealous about it, and they haven't really kind of resigned themselves to that kind of long deception, the long game, and it kind of moves through time as and how the chapter changes and the attitude of the chapter masters change towards the fallen over that time span of time, and it ends basically in the eighth edition Dark Angels Codex, right. Where Luther is where the the rock is assaulted and well, well we, Maybe they maybe they forget to, maybe they forget to shut the door on the way out. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend. Good book. Real good book. Definitely not a, a traditional forty K oh, you good. know just your know, Bolter Blast novel. So
0: Well and what I like about this too is that it shows that um, the author can write both kinds of books because like the one I have is more of a bolter blast one, but you also you apparently have like the deep the deep lore, the deep magic, uh, as, and as Chronicles of yeah. Running talk <laughs> about and and what's fun is that this is like one of my favorite, like when I get a new, like when I got that 8th edition codex and they advanced the storyline, the first thing I did was flip through the book to find out what happened with Luther. And then the 9th ed book came out, the first <clears> thing I did was flip through the book to find out what happened with Luther. Because that's like, it's always that little tiny box, like the final secret, well it's not, the final secret is the line, yeah. but like one of the, there's always a little box that's about him still being alive and how the chapter masters go and you know they talk about his mad ravings and how they have to go down there and try and figure out what his mad ravings are but from what it sounds like this book it's not necessarily mad ravings it's just the the dark angels apparently sound so blinded by their own sense of purpose that they can't they are they're unwilling to listen to him and actually realize what he's trying to tell yeah. them because they're they're looking for their own they already ha- they have an answer they're just looking for validation of it
1: they're looking yeah they're looking for justification yeah. yeah they know the answer right and and if he's telling them something that is potentially true, or maybe it's not, let again, we don't know. Like the whole idea of fiction in the Warhammer universe is the unreliable narrator. Yeah. So you're not sure. Maybe he's saying these things. Maybe he isn't. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to consider. It made me think a lot. That's so. Good. That sounds yeah. cool. Like I, I, yeah.
0: I, I want to go, I have eBay, not eBay, uh, Amazon points right now. And I'm going to go buy, yeah. uh, buy this book. Like as soon as we're done podcasting and get it. It's, it's a good it's a good
1: it's a good book. You you you'd like it. So all right. Yeah, highly recommend it. Uh you should pick it up. It will it'll it'll make your brain it'll make your brain meats go go whir. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: that is a different kind of book. So if you if you want more of the bolter blast read uh the purging, uh, if you want want your brain messed with, uh read Luther apparently. And you know what the best answer is? Just yep. buy both, read both. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yep. that is, that's, that's sort of the main idea today. Get into some of the new lore or, you know, I guess my book's a little bit older. It's from the space, the series they did that was the Space Marine Battles novel series. Space Marine Battles. Yeah. it yeah. it's just like a lot of little one-offs just to add a little bit, but you have like one of the new, the new, new, that's the new cheese.
1: That oh, one, goodness. it came out a couple of days after we recorded our last show. Yeah. yeah. So So, and I bought it. I bought it during our show. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, hey, I didn't know about this. Click, (laughs) let's do it."
0: So, uh, so for the monthly challenge this month, uh, going into June, uh, what do we what do we want to do, Heath? What's what's the challenge?
1: So I'm gonna tell you. I'm I'm sitting here looking over at my my paint table. Uh, It's been all right. Over probably probably over a year since I really painted anything. Um, I'm a very I'm a very event like milestone driven yeah. painter. Um, you know, that our, our challenges, you know, starting the show has caused me to build a bunch of new stuff, but COVID and the their lockdown just really just crushed all my motivation. Um uh you know and and getting out of the military, starting a new job, everything is just so uh but now that we're starting to get back into things, you know, I'm fully vaccinated now, so yeah. is all my family and your Same. you know, we just you know and we, they just uh they just kind of said that we don't need to do masks anymore. Um Depending on how you like, so the state of Hawaii where I live, uh, the governor is going to keep the mask mandate in place for for a little while longer, because that's what he wants to do. Hey, and and that's fair. Like Texas, they're just you, yeah. It's all to the wind. Um, but whatever's fine. Like I said, if you're you know whatever your comfort level is, but I was able to have a friend of mine over, uh, and play a a real IRL game of 40k for the first time last week, which I was super excited about. Um. But I'm sitting here looking, and if I need to, you know, start playing real games, uh, then I need to start painting some stuff again. So my my airbrushing and my paint skills have atrophied a bit. I'm willing to. I'm willing to bet. Um, right before COVID, I was I went to LVO and I took some classes on some paint classes uh, from like I went I got to do one of the um, oh god what a, um, CK Studios I got to take okay. a, a small CK Studios class with uh, with Caleb and Cat. Uh, which was really good, and I took another one uh, with Aaron Lovejoy. I learned a lot of stuff, and I have forgotten all of it <laughs> so, since COVID happened. So, wh- um, so what I thought we should do was uh, maybe if you have any Dark Angels terrain, some Dark Angels themed terrain, you should paint some terrain to start to get back into the thing. What do you think?
0: I think I think that works, and I, I I'm gonna call you out on one of the things here because I have a funny story. I think you'll appreciate. The listeners will appreciate. So you you mentioned having a Fortress of Redemption. Okay. want to finish up. In the, in the yeah, I've got, I
1: bought a Fortress Redemption 15 years ago. That is currently like paint sprayed with green automotive paint, Oof. which I think I can, you know, use. To, oh yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> what I can use to try and try and, you know, maybe break some of the rust off my airbrush skills before I start painting minis again.
0: All right. Uh, so, so my story on this is uh, I, I used to be one of those kinds of people that would go to the dealership to get their car worked on. And the closest Honda dealer that I could get to was in Michigan city, which is like an hour away from me that actually had good reviews. And it just so happened within walking distance of this Honda dealership was a game store. And so I went in there a couple times, you know, okay. doing this until, uh, the Honda place there didn't put one of my, one of the pieces on back on my car properly. And it started mm. to come off and like scrape on the bottom of the road and was crazy. And I'm like, all right, I'm never going back. And I started staying in town and not being silly but in having gone to this game store I made a contact with the owner and one day the owner was like hey he posted in like the, their Facebook group hey I just pulled this out of my barn and it was like an old display board that was a fortress of redemption fully painted and he's like yeah oh. I think I'm just going to throw this yeah. away because it's you know it's on a 4x4 four four all this he's like it's just no. it's, I don't want it you know if anybody wants it <laughs> No just, don't do I'll that I'll give it to you for free so we drove out there <laughs> in my Honda to go get it in little it's a Civic and the stupid thing did not fit in my car we tried everything to get the fin of my car, and it wouldn't work. So we went to like the Lowe's down the street, bought a a moving blanket and ratchet straps, and we strapped that thing to the top of my car and drove that thing over an hour back to Plymouth. <laughs>
1: with Clearly, the right answer. Clearly,
0: the right of answer. To the top of the right answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, when I, I so I something similar. I built a uh, I back in fifth edition when or just when we were doing. uh when we were doing four by eight tables. I built a table at my house at the time um, and I, I had two four by four sheets of plywood that I hinged together and like put on my coffee table. At the time I drove a G 35 coupe, like this little tiny ass race car yeah. with two doors <laughs> um, and I fit two four by four sheets of plywood into that car with me in it. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. My mouse has died for some reason
0: because I was getting ready because I was – because you mentioned the train. I know exactly what train I want to go get, and I was going to ping it to you just so you could see it. But I'm going to go to Cyborg Miniatures. It's a Polish company. They do a lot of stuff. Like they have a cool alt uh, semi-all on bike on Corvus, uh, and what okay. I would like to do – or that, that's what I'm going to end up doing is so, a bunch of their, like, little train pieces and, like, basing materials for their—I think they're called, like, Lion Warriors, um, but they're hooded space marines, basically. So it's
1: like, yeah, we know what these are. SF Lion Warriors. All right, cool. I think that, So this is Cyborg Miniatures? Miniatures yep. S-C-I-B-O-R Miniatures.com. Yep. Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah, those Oh, guys. wow. These are
1: pretty. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look yep. at that. This is an unscripted response, ladies and gentlemen. I have literally <laughs> never seen this before.
0: Oh, well, that's why I wanted to bring it SF up.
1: SF Lion Knight Motorcycle. I'm excited. Oh, wow. Oh, that's bad. That's awesome. Yeah, so like... Oh, he's even got the little halberd? Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so I got to like buy... The,
0: the challenge, though, is that since you've said that you're, uh, you're doing a Fortress of Redemption, I need to buy like an equivalent amount of that stuff to paint in a month. And get it here because otherwise I would feel really bad. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna paint like a couple heads. I'm done. And it's like he'd had to paint this giant fort, and I like, I did a couple heads and I'm done. um No, so I'm gonna have to go all out on it uh, a little bit and get and get a bunch of that stuff because I I bought some of their dwarf stuff for my dwarf army for Fantasy Sigmar, and it's gorgeous and it makes my little display cabinet I put it in really cool. And so I've always wanted to get some Dark Angels ones. Um, and now I have an excuse to spend that money and paint that stuff. So that is an excellent challenge All
1: right. Idea. Okay. So, uh, man, these bikes are these bikes look nice. Yeah. They are they are not cheap. No, it's not cheap. One unpainted resin, yeah, motor. One of these bikes is twenty seven euros. Holy crap!
0: However, they do like monthly they're, they're pretty, sales, and they'll take about twenty to thirty three percent off. So if there's something you like, just Okay, you can, and you don't want to, you know, you are like, mm, I don't know if I want to pay that. Just wait for it to go on sale because they they're pretty good at doing sales um, all the time, and and they have some pretty cool like if you like fantasy, their, their big thing are dwarves. So they're like fantasy dwarf line with like bear cavalry and stuff is like super cool, um, and then they have like an alternative Morty uh, that's really cool. Uh, so like they just they got some neat stuff. I I highly recommend recommend them uh, for things.
1: I could see I could see like this bike. Being like your your character, like your Ravenwing character or something, You're like your or your, your primary, sh- your chaplain, yeah, some along those lines. It's a, it's a, that's a hot looking model, man. I'm excited about that. That is a hot looking model. All right. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm done gushing. <laughs> Proceed. Sorry. It's <That's> all good. <laughs> it's- uh, I still don't have a mouse, so I don't know
0: what I'm gonna have, what I'm gonna end up doing here, but because my mouse is being dumb. Oh, is that? Is that what I need? I don't know. All right, so we're moving on to uh, community interaction. So on YouTube from last month's podcast, we have the wonderful Scott Straub, uh, and he, because we were, I think this is in response to us talking about what are we going to do with all these Drukari, and he said, well, "How about using whirlwinds and suppression fire strat to hamper some of the Drukari assault units?" So that was his question to us, and we answered a little bit on on the in the comments. But if you didn't look at the comments. Uh, if I remember correctly, our our problem with this is that it requires the assault units to be on the board for you to even shoot at them in the first place. So isn't that sort of the sum of uh, what we had on that? Yeah,
1: um, so so I, t- I took this comment to heart, and I played a game, uh, like I said, you know, last week, IRL, against, uh, against a friend of mine uh, who was playing Death Watch. And I brought a whirlwind, uh, and I used a suppression fire strat and to, uh, to basically—well, so suppression fire does two things— one, uh, it prevents them from overwatching or setting to defend. And the other thing is it makes them fight last. Yeah. So what I think... So if you can... So I, um, in the game I played, in the context of that, I'll discuss that in a second, but in the context of the Jakari, um, you're going to need... Once again, you're going to need to get them out of the boats. That's That seems to be what the key for all the stuff is, is if you can knock them out of the boats and then suppression fire them, uh, what I think that this may be able to do is so like if you use your use your you know in, your belt your bikes your melted bikes to like kind of wheel around a corner get a line on them you know and knock two or three of them out of their boats um and then if you can suppress one of the squads that gets out and then you could use your Ravenwing units to go in fight them and then swift strike out yeah um or uh so that will let you fight one of them without you know, like basically without worrying about combat order. So one of the things I and, and suppression fire will help give you some of the flexibility to do that with multiple units. So the thing I ran into last week is uh, playing against um, my buddy Mars who's running Death Watch. So I set up two charges, one of which was uh, my was Samael on his bike into a unit of uh Deathwatch Terminators and the other one was my Smash Chaplain into a just a unit of Deathwatch veterans. And so I charged them both in and Samael and I was like okay, well he's got enough CP. He's going to interrupt on one of these. Which one do I not care about more? It's like, well, I have to trust that my Smash Chaplain with Inner Circle is going to survive. So, I guess I'm going to fight with fight with uh Samael first and so, so I did, and Samuel did a lot of damage. That's good. And then he bounced out with Swift Strike, you know, jump behind my Fortress of Redemption to get cover, or uh, get behind Train again to get cover. And then he interrupted, and then turns out five Deathwatch veterans with with power weapons will kill <laughs> Is Smash Chaplain even through Inner Circle. Yeah. Um. So that was a shame, and I was like, crap! But I've got like I didn't even consider that I should have you know because I've got to my my queens, you know, two alpha units that I'm relying on to clean up all this damage, I should have used Suppression Fire to manipulate the fight order in my benefit, right. because Suppression Fire says not eligible to be selected. So that way you can get two units in to fight without worrying about them interrupting. And if you can get the Dark Elder out of their boats, then I think Suppression Fire is going to give you the opportunity to hit them twice uh, with combat units whether it's Ravenwing or something else, um, without worry and really kind of deplete their assault their assault force, uh, without worrying about them interrupting on you. So I, I, it's a good idea. Uh, I, I really and I don't think that whirlwinds are gonna have the they don't have the the firepower anymore to like kill raiders out of line of sight. Um, I think the old eighth edition version of the uh, whirlwind Hyperios. Not the Hyperios. Whatever that super forge whirlwind was that did 3d3 shots that did two damage. The Scorpios, yeah. Yeah, Whirlwind Scorpios. The old Whirlwind Scorpios could have done that because it could activate twice and had 3d3 shots, but that doesn't do that anymore. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, I think a a little cheeky whirlwind for that suppression fire strat so that you can reliably charge two things without worrying about being interrupted on would probably be valuable. So definitely good observation yeah and the whirlwind will help you sit on will help you sit on an objective it'll sit on an objective it'll hold the objective and it hits on twos man and the only thing that suppressive fire strat requires in order to activate is that you hit the target you don't have to damage it you don't have to kill a model you just have to hit the target and that's easy when you have so, uh you know if you can blast it yeah and you have all those shots yep two have yeah, the uh the strength seven minus one two damage version of the whirlwind Uh, which the vengeance launcher, which I I think is, I kind of like better is, uh, I mean, two to three shot or two D three shots with blast and minus one AP. So minus two in the first turn of the game, two damage, it's going to do a decent job at killing Marines. Uh, and more importantly, you just tag something with it and it will suppress their fire. So
0: no, that makes sense. And then I, I think in response to all of that there, Darth, uh, Baratu also commented in that chain and he, he replied to you heath and he said best of luck to you my friend Mw-ha-ha-ha-ha. so we were and so in this yeah, like massive chain this... of like this is all you have to do to get this to work he's like yeah good luck and it's like
1: yeah we know <laughs> yeah it... you darth Verastu, that's my bo- that's my boy ian okay. um he's the guy i was playing that he was playing i was playing that uh, game against the dark eldar last last uh, last i reported on last oh, episode yeah, yeah. um yeah, he's our—he's one of our local like dark eldar slash chaos slash, you know whatever whatever you need. Um, he he actually just started his own, um his painting business up. Oh, nice. Uh, so you gotta check him out at uh, Dark Wolf Miniatures or Dark Wolf Ooh, Painting Studio cool. on Instagram. Does some nice stuff. So well, there yep. we go.
0: The shout out. So it, it was worth it was worth dropping that comment. So, um, drop some <laughs> drop some comments below. Uh, this video and we will talk about you next month in the community interaction. So you got anything else for, uh, for us, Heath? Any final thoughts? No man,
1: I think that covers it. Um no like I'm looking forward to to getting getting back into the things now that, you know hopefully hopefully the Rona is you know, the, the blessings of Papa Nurgle yeah. may hopefully start to reside, at least in the United States. Um you know, like I know it's not. I know it's not better everywhere. Um, it's in fact significantly worse in some places of yeah. the world. Uh, you know, heart goes out for those people in India. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, Brazil. Brazil is va- just as bad, I think, in a way. Go get your vaccines, people. Go get your vaccines, man. <laughs> it's supposed um, me. I am not in the best of health, and you know, and my I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like I don't. I like I don't ever have a problem getting Wi-Fi or cell phone signal anymore after they get the vaccine. But there you uh, so, yeah. But anyway, um, no. Uh, we're actually yeah. We're starting to get back to some of the community stuff. We're in my local game store, uh, Other Realms in Honolulu is going to do a uh, learn to play ninth edition weekend uh, in a couple weeks. So gonna i up to help help proctor that and instruct and teach that. So, you know, we'll be able to have, you know, four or five tables spread out, um, as much as you can spread out in a game store in Hawaii. So we're not very big, Yeah. but, um, yeah, so it'll be good to get out there and like actually see people again and, and start trying to interact, you know, in real life with, with the hobby. So yeah, no, I, I, I got, got, got my, my, uh, things, things are looking my, up. My right things arm, are looking up.
0: So I can take my right finger, pointer finger. And when I'm at the grocery okay. store, I can slide it through the credit card thing mm-hmm. and it, and it pays for stuff now.
1: Yeah. You see that Apple pay, man. <laughs>
0: So. All right, well, thank you all for listening to this month's episode of the Path to Redemption, the Dark Angels podcast for Warhammer 40,000. Our next episode will come out in June. Please like, subscribe, and comment below so you can get into our – not not just because it helps out the video, but so we can talk about what you think and have to say in our community interactions section next month. Uh, and if you listen to us on podcasts, uh, you can always comment Um, We have a Facebook page, Dankless Wargaming. You can go there and leave comments there. Uh, And you can always leave a line on uh, the Dankless Wargaming website. There's a place to comment there that you can get us some feedback as well. Uh, We would also like to thank Purple Planet for the use of their music. They're a free music website that that I use to do the intro video. And I just wanted to start shouting them out because... I realized, like, hey, I have it in the show notes, but not everybody reads the show notes or the description, so I just want people to know where we get our music and people planet, it. <laughs> okay. They're excellent, wonderful uh, people. they got a wide variety, and for, like, doing 40K kind of stuff, they got all sorts of cool, like, action music uh, that I love and I use for all my videos. So um, definitely check them out. So until next time, I'm Bailey from Dankless Wargaming.
1: Hey, this is Heath with Table War Hawaii. Stay loyal, angels.